This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! of the High Oaks Podcast. A, the Philadelphia Phillies are 5-1 and one in the best team in baseball edition, Jack Fritz. The Phils are back! Here, so um, I want to try a new intro. Let me know what you think. I want to, let me start over. Um, here's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Hello, friends. It's so nice to have you here on this podcast. Hello, friends. <laughs> I know I was so I was so shocked I was so shocked at who was uh, who was calling the game on Monday the national championship it was good to see uh, Jim land on his feet I know I know and he's calling the Masters right now can you believe it what yeah. a it worked out yeah what a turnaround what a turnaround many are many are talking about the turnaround and uh, I'm glad that you continue to bring it up <laughs> don't don't worry I won't I won't stop um all right let's get into it because we got a five and one baseball team Jack. Mm. And I want to dive into everything from the last three games since we last talked and all that. But but on a basic level, I mean, you were already more in than I was, obviously. coming. That's right. How's it feel to be a loser? I'm here. How's it feel for me to be right there with you, Jack Fritz? Look, I I am uh, I think more than anything, even with the five and one start, like we talked a lot heading into the season about this team and this group of guys and it. You know, just being time, like it being time for this group of guys to make a push and for those guys to know it, like the guys in the clubhouse, Reese Hoskins said on WIP, Bryce Harper said all the time. I really think, and again, it's only six games and I know all the caveats and all the stuff that we always say, but look, uh, here's how I'll say it. All right. It feels like something special is going on with this group and yes it can feel like something special through six games and then it not work out but if it is going to be special it's going to feel special right away and it feels like there's something going on in that clubhouse jack i agree i agree and you just brought up the reese thing and i'm ashamed to admit uh james that i got chills from something that joda camera said today oh no <laughs> i know i know i haven't it's damn near shocking, but I, uh, yeah, so he set up the, the Reese cut this morning, and he was setting it up, and he set up Reese talking about how it's time, and I got to be honest, Joe DeCamera gave me some chills. I got, I had, I had some chills with Joe setting it up, because it's just like, this is what we've been waiting for. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. Bryce happened. It was great. JT happened. It was great. They had the opening weekend in 2019. It was great. But... This team is actually good. This team is actually good. We weren't banking on Arietta. We're not banking on Arietta this year. Like Eflin's arrived. Wheeler looks Michael great. Michael Franco is not your third baseman. Right. He's not the best eight hole hitter in baseball. Like, <laughs> like this team is actually good. They're actually good. And like it's gotten to the point now where even if they lose, I'm still upset. But I'm not like downtrodden because I know there's a very good chance they're to come back and win the next day because they, they are, they are good. They're resilient. They believe in each other. They believe in the, in the bullpen. Finally, like last year we talked about this a lot, but it was deflating with that bullpen last year and it had to be deflating for those guys. So it's just, it's so beautiful to watch off days suck. Um, oh, but, oh, it's but, killing yeah. my soul. I Honestly, know. like 
especially because it's gorgeous out and they've just been playing here. I know they're going to Atlanta now, but they've been here and it's gorgeous out. It's like, play baseball today. Like, give, give me a game. But I, look, Jack, uh, you might not know this, but one of the things that I believe in is that athletes are human beings. Uh, I don't know really? if I've ever <laughs> mentioned that before. Really? I hadn't heard but that I before. Do, I know. I do think that stuff like confidence and and believing in each other and and all that hokey stuff that you know is like super cliche and all that i think it's a cliche for a reason like it matters especially in this sport that is all about confidence it's all about trusting yourself trusting your stuff trusting your eyes trusting your reads and believing in yourself and it feels like there's something going on with these group of guys that i think is something that has the chance to turn into something special again it is super early and all that but I am a huge believer in in chemistry, in clubhouse mattering. And look, say what you want to say about it. I know there are a lot of people who are like, especially a lot of baseball, let's be real, a lot of baseball people, a lot of analytics people, whatever. They're like, well, that doesn't matter. It's, you know, the numbers and the, and the, and the production and all that. But like, no, 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 it does matter. And you know what? We saw a team win a Super Bowl in this city because of it, or at least – in a big part because of it. Like, we all know, anyone who's in this city for that Super Bowl knows that that group of guys and what they had was special. And that played a major role in them being able to withstand the injuries and, and make that run. Like, it mattered. And again, we are six games in, but early returns tell me that, like, I'm not saying it's 2017 Eagles stuff going on, but I definitely feel like this is a group of guys who care about each other, who believe in each other, and honestly, I think have a big chip on their shoulder. I mean, Harper's talked about he talked about it again last night. He's like, you know, but if people are overlooking us. Like, we kind of like it. We kind of like this underdog thing. Like, I think there's something powerful in that. You know, I've, I've, for, damn it if I bring up two of my own cliches in the same wow. same monologue, but wow. I will. Bill Simmons, nobody believes in us. Like, that stuff matters. Like, teams finding motivation from things like that can really matter. And it feels like this team has that chip that nobody believes in us type of mentality right now. And I'm so here for it, man. I'm so here for it. Well, I just hope that uh, at some point this year, uh, when Bryce is getting on his MVP track, that he does not uh, tear his ACL and some scrub right <laughs> some scrub right fielder uh, ends up winning World Series MVP and the half Matt the, Joyce Matt Joyce yeah Matt Joyce wins World Series MVP and half the city thinks that he's actually better than Bryce Harper that's that's the only thing in that whole scenario that you laid out that I would dread um, so yes actually I mean the Phillies are in the World Series are definitely not yeah, dread we're good who cares it's all good but but uh, it would it would drive me up a wall me big stick Matt any day yep. all right yep. Yep, yep. There's some there's some stuff about Matt Joyce coming out. Um but yeah, so like you bring that up, you bring the 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 Super Bowl and all that stuff. And I was actually thinking about this today. I was thinking about like are they more 07 fills or are they more 08 fills? And what I mean by that is is this the is this the first year of the rebuild, or not the rebuild, but the first year of like making it and like they taste that success. And then next year's go time, or are they ready to go right now? Because um, I, I, after 07, we all kind of got together as a fan base, and we all decided like this is a great learning process, and it's it's now go time. It's now go time, and in 08, obviously it happened. So I agree, there's something special here. I just wonder if if we're already past the uh, the learning process stage of it. Like was. Was the bullpen tanking last year and being the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, um, you know, 
was that part of their growing process? Are we going to look back on this run and be like, uh, 2020 actually, you know, taught us a lot and helped us grow? Or is this really going to be the first year of what could be a special little five-year run here? It's a great, it's a great question, and I could see it going either way. And again, like, um, we're not saying they're winning the World Series well, this year, though. Uh, mm, <laughs> you know, look, you, mm, you did uh, the dance. Anything can they're happen. They're a good team. You can win the division. They're a good team. But yeah, they are a good team. They are a good team, and that that is the point. And thus, I think anything can really happen. But um, it's a great question, and I hope. Look, I want it to be 2008. I want to win the World Series, but I also like the idea of it building either of those scenarios I am happy with the idea that we're heading into something fun and something that could be sustainable. But I do think to the initial point, like I do think it's a different group of guys than it was in in 07. There are similar things in the sense that, that a few of these guys have been together for a few years now. Like I think, you know, this core of guys, the Reese JT, uh, Bryce, Nola, like they're on your three now, McCutcheon. Like these guys have all been together for enough time now where it feels like, all right, like that's part of the, the it's time. That's part of the feeling in the clubhouse that, all right, it's time to roll now because these, this group has been together. But I think with 07, it was different in the sense that, well, obviously it was different in the sense that it had been since 1993 since Phillies made the playoffs. So there was like a mm-hmm. real, well, a real hunger in this city, unlike, you know, and now look. Well, I mean, listen, buddy. We're, we're not that far off. You're right. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Jack. I, I say it as I'm saying it. I'm like, holy oh, yeah. bleep. Holy bleep, man. Holy bleep. All right. No, we don't curse on this pod, but I'm dying to curse. <laughs> um, all right. So I do think that, I think that it, different in the sense of the way these two teams were built. Um, but I, look, I, it's a great hypothetical. I, either one, Jack, either one. And I'm happy. What do you think? Do you think this is more 07 or more 08? I think it's more 07. I think it's more 07. It feels like that. Like for me, this Phillies team feels like the team that we fall back in love with. Um, like winning a World Series is tough. We all know that. I mean, especially with how loaded, you know, teams are these days. Like, the the 08 Phillies... Like would, the Dodgers are way better. Like, right. things can happen. The Phillies could win a series, but the Dodgers are way more talented. I mean, it's absurd yeah. how talented the Dodgers are. Yeah. We get excited about Nola Wheeler Eflin, and we should compared to most of baseball, and they roll out Kershaw, Bauer, and Bueller, and it's like, all right, well, cool. Yeah, it's fun. Great. Thanks. Um, But, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, it, it, it just... I have this feel from this team, and it just gave, I don't base a lot of things off of Twitter, but it just seems like it seems like people are just they're starting to live and die with this team again, and they're starting to really buy into it, and and I think everyone is collectively coming together and understand that they're a good baseball team. Like it's not people aren't complaining all the time anymore. You know, it's not just like oh well the bullpen. What are we gonna do? It's like before the season, before the season, like people are still using the bullpen thing as as a real as a real like deterrent on this baseball team like if you just pay attention in, in spring training you know that they're they're much improved um but yeah it's just like for me it, it feels like the year that everyone kind of falls back in love with this with this team again it reminds them how fun baseball is i mean we've had some fun baseball games through <laughs> through six games just genuinely good normal baseball games which is saying a lot given the baseball that we've seen in the last 10 years but like it's just it feels like we're on the precipice of a good Phillies run. Um, I don't know how good it's going to be. I mean, like the fact that Eflin took a step forward is big. It will hopefully take a step forward. Uh, Wheeler's taking a step forward. Obviously Nola, um, you know, it's, it's going to depend upon the, the guys below them, but 
the foundation is here of of a really solid run for the Phillies and it's just so nice to see and it's so nice to see a normal baseball team it's so nice to not have a fatal freaking flaw that we have to dread every single night even though it might be Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley but um think why that- not Mick yes the official the official statement but um I mean it has never been more true we'll get to it yeah I got, we'll I, got, get to I, got it. I got I got a lot to get to. yes 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 but uh yeah good good start good start for the Phils I think we're the precipice of a special run and um, I just can't, I can't wait for the series against the Braves. I, oh, I mean, buddy, I'm need so it. ready. Wheeler Morton round two. Let's hope it goes like round one. All right. Um, let's have into a bunch of stuff. I got a lot. First and foremost, by the way, uh, I know you did on Twitter and in general, the podcast got some, some crap for saying, bring me to Grom. And all I want to say is, uh, they won the game. Yes. They won. End of story. That's it. Um, nothing else happened. Start... Nothing else no, happened. No, they won the game. They won the game. That was a nice win, by the way. Do you still want from Jacob DeGrom like that? I mean, thank you, Luis Rojas. Thank you. Thank you, sir. But it was a good win, putting them five in the eighth like that. But but I want to start with the pitching, and then we'll get to the bats waking up finally and all that. But, and some specific things. And, yes, I do have some Joe Girardi questions for you, too. Mm. But I want, to start with, I want to start with the pitching. That's what we do. That's how we do it. Let's start with the two. Um, guys who have pitched since we last spoke, we had not seen neither amazing, but I don't think we expected much one worse than the other. Uh, let's start with the, the, the four and then we'll get to the five. Matt Moore wasn't great, Jack. What do you, what do you think of Matt? Well, it's funny. Cause the, the first, the first time through the lineup, I was like, oh my gosh, we got to steal. I know. Yeah. I know. Now we're like, hey, real quick. I, I think Jack Fritz put it out there at the beginning dynamite lefty reliever out of the pen. Yeah. Give him an inning or two. Doesn't have to face anyone twice. We're looking good. Uh, yeah, but you know what? You know what Jack Fritz is also saying in the first inning of, of uh, Monday night? Lay it on me. We found our fourth ace. Um, <laughs> I, by the way, by the way, I tweeted, is Matt Mitch, the, Matt Moore, the greatest Phillies pitcher ever? Yeah. It could not be more of a joke. Yeah. Obviously, very clearly. Right. And people are getting on me yeah. for like mushing him. I'm like, you can't mush Matt Moore. He sucks. Matt Moore is not good. Right, like, relax, there's no relax. such thing. And he was going to be bad either way. I'm just having a little fun while he's not. Matt Moore is. I. All right. Here's my, the official statement on Matt Moore. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I honestly believe. I honestly believe. And I love the guy. I'm glad Avery signed him. I think JT sunk Matt Moore on Monday. Like oh, what? What kind of take is that? Dude, he called it he called a terrible game. Like, all right, here's all I'm saying is that Matt Moore in spring training had a great plan against against righties. It was fastballs in, fastballs in, changeups away, get him off the fastball, all that stuff. He threw two changeups on 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 Monday night. Like didn't even didn't even flash it, which is the only reason he had a good he had a good spring training was because he had the changeup and fastball working. And I know it sounds super nerdy inside baseball stuff, but like, but like, perfect example was the Francisco Lindor at bat, which went like eight or nine pitches long, and he just kept throwing cutters on the inside corner rather than ha- he had the whole outside part of the plate set up for Francisco Lindor to roll over on a changeup, and he didn't do it. He didn't do it. Like I think 
I think the cutter is a good weapon. I think the fastball is a good weapon. I think the curve is a good weapon against lefties. But the changeup is the equalizer. And what he was doing in spring training was using that pitch effectively against righties. So I'm not writing off Matt Moore just yet. Like, I think he's going to be fine. I think JT called a brutal game on Monday. I think I think his plan of attack was wrong. And I did not like it. I was I was sitting on my couch steaming that he wasn't throwing a changeup away because that was what he did in spring training to consistently get outs. So I am not writing him off to the one start. I am not saying he's going to be some kind of world beater and unbelievable starter, but I thought JT called a brutal game on Monday. Okay. As the former catcher on this podcast, Mr. Always pitch your guy. We always talk pitching. I will not stand for this JT's landing this spot. Here's the deal, Jack. Guess what? Matt Moore, not good. Like, it is what it is. There's a reason this guy was pitching in Japan last year. There's a reason he hasn't had a good season in the major league since 2016. And even then, it was like an okay season. A not worst pitcher in baseball level season like he did in 2017 and 2018. Like, he's just not that good, man. Like, this is what I expected. We came into this. I told you. I was like, I have more faith in Chase Anderson than Matt Moore. And I don't like Chase Anderson either. But at least Chase Anderson will go out and give me six and three, six and four, five and two, whatever. And I think that's what we saw from Chase. And we'll get to him in a second. But are you really still in on Matt Moore? Because that was just exactly what I expected. Like, Matt Moore is what he is. Three three to third innings. I told you I thought he stunk. I didn't like the signing when they did it. I didn't expect much from him. Again, I told you I like Chase Anderson better. You know who Chase Anderson is. That should be a pretty strong statement about how bad I think Matt Moore is. I just, I'm not, I, all I'm saying is I'm not running him off after one start. That's all I'm saying. I'm not running him off after one which start. Which is fair. You, which is fair. You might you end up being. anyone off after, it's, I didn't expect him to be good, so it's confirmation bias. That is fair. You might, but, you, listen, you, listen, you very, listen, I know Matt Moore stinks. I know. I, I know he has stunk. <laughs> I, I know he has stunk before, but like. You talk, you, Rich, let's not forget. Uh, you what? You did have to talk yourself into it. I know. You did, when the signing happened, we were aligned. We were like, Why? And you've gradually ended up defending Matt Moore somehow in this podcast, which, to be fair, is probably the most predictable thing that could have ever happened. Yeah. Well, how about we get a catcher? How about how we get a catcher that knows how to call a game? I mean, I mean seriously. Catcher in baseball. That doesn't mean he knows the how to call BCIB, a great game. CIB, as does, everyone that, likes to tell me. Uh, why does Why does Zach Eflin only pitch to one guy? Well, because Andrew Knapp's the best backup in the history of baseball. Right. And I mean, he, what do you and What he, do you expect? I mean, he's he, also he's the because Zach Eflin pitches Andrew Knapp, because Zach Eflin, as we have learned from our good friend, Mickey Moniak, right. hashtag why not Mick, is the best guy on the team. Right. So obviously he's going to throw in a nap. Who's the second best guy on the team? It's just a good guy's connection. It's positivity. It's happiness. It's love. Speaking of I which, it, speaking Keep of which, speaking of which, happy birthday, Zach Eflin. I, I appreciate that we're doing this podcast on Zeph's birthday. Also, I didn't even know we were, but I'm, I'm. It makes me. I want to bring my game that much more. I'm gonna try and ratchet it up. Also, I'm gonna start calling him Led Zeppelin. Okay, why? I don't know, cause it sounds like Led Zeppelin. I think it's, I think it's cool. <laughs> I, I figured. I like. Thank you for telling me that Led yeah. Zeppelin sounds like Led Zeppelin. Ever, thank you for that. Ever heard of him? Cause I couldn't put that together. I didn't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> ever heard of him? Ever heard of Led Zeppelin? Once or twice. Well, all I know is that is that John Mayer put the Grateful Dead on the map. But um, that's my final music take of this podcast. But um, please, can it please be? Please. <laughs> no, it's just it's just I 
I think Matt Moore showed some flashes. It wasn't great after that, but I don't think JT helped him out. And the, here's here's my final disclaimer. If he if the change up away to righties is not working, I will give up the Matt Moore thing. Is that fair? Okay. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, Chase Anderson, my guy. Yeah, your guy. Yeah. I didn't know you're such a big Chase Anderson fan. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. That again. This is much more me saying I like Chase Anderson more than Matt Moore is much more an indictment of Matt Moore than it is a positive of Chase Anderson. Chase Anderson is exactly who I thought he was. Yeah, he five li- innings, two runs. Yeah. Yep. That's my guy right there. Yeah, it was it was a vintage Chase Anderson start. Now I will say it this. It really was. It was so on brand. No, I will say this. I would appreciate if Chase Anderson uh ran out the cashmere. I just think it would be cool. Um, you know, it'd be a, a nice little, a little throwback. Yeah. Are I multiple Zeppelin references here. It Forget is a lot of Zeppelin references. Yeah. I mean, more Zeppelin, more than we should say. Yes, Led Zeppelin. Uh, more than you've ever worked to a podcast. I just want to. Do you know who Led Zeppelin is? Have you ever heard of him? Uh, <laughs> but get how old I am, Jack. I know you like to bring it up sometimes. I know so. you're probably there when they played the Vet in like 1970. Um, but, but uh, no, Chase Anderson. I was actually surprised, and he talked about it after the game. Um, his his uh, uh location was really off. Like he, he didn't have great command on uh, Tuesday. So that's something actually I expect to get a lot better um, as the season goes on. So I actually, I actually came away pretty encouraged by Chase Anderson. I know people, he like, I, he looks like a number five starter, but also I think there's room for a little bit of improvement there. Um, and uh, I might, I might tweet this next time or whatever, but the day he gets a curveball over for a strike will be the first time. <laughs> like that dude. Literally, in his whole career. Dude, I mean, I'm every, just, <laughs> Every curveball I've ever seen from Chase Anderson is like spiked in the dirt. Like it's it's damn near shocking. So um yeah, so we're we're monitoring that one closely. I was surprised his command wasn't get, wasn't better. That will get better. Also, I thought it was interesting. Um part of the reason he signed here was because of Caleb Cotham. Um because really? Derek Yeah, because Derek An- uh no no Derek Johnson was the old Brewers pitching coach who Caleb Cotham was with. Um, where Chase Anderson has best season as a pro back in 2017. Yeah, he was good at Milwaukee. Yeah, he had yeah. a couple of nice years there. Yeah, so, and and I... He was really only bad last year in Toronto. Like, otherwise, and it wasn't even Toronto, whatever, Buffalo, whatever. Right. But last year was only his, like, his only horrendous year. Right. Like, he hasn't been great, but he's like a four-ish ERA most years. And he had one great year with the Brewers, like, right. where he was like under three or whatever. Right, yeah. So um, that's interesting. And again, now I I don't have the numbers to back this up. I don't know if there is a stat for it, but I would just like to point out that Philly's pitchers are just disgusting after Caleb Cotham comes out for a mound I know, visit. I know. It's like, it's like the quickest yeah. influence a pitching coach has ever had. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. So, um, but yeah, Chase Anderson thought was fine. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to continue to be just a, a decent pitcher. That's what he is. He's, he's, he's if you if you build a fifth starter in a lab, not your best, not your you know. What's the bet? If you build your average quintessential, like from, you know, what we know as a fifth starter, because there is a lack of starting pitching in Major League Baseball. Now, most fifth starters are not not any type of starter, but, but like a quintessential fifth starter guy, he, that's Chase Anderson. Yeah, that's I mean, exactly it. that's your definition of it. My definition is Aaron Harang. Sure. Aaron <laughs> Harang was better than Chase. So Aaron Harang, Aaron Harang's ceiling was higher than Chase Anderson. Wow. I would say. I can't believe we've got to this point of the podcast. I know we're talking Aaron Harang. Yeah, and you were like, de- you're like dead serious too. You were like, I Aaron know Har- I was. I, know. Was, I, care about I know you this. got you got really passionate about Aaron Harang. Like real house. I've owned Aaron Harang in fantasy. 
crazy, Jack. This is wheelhouse stuff right here. All right. Um, <laughs> we are nerds, like such nerds. All right, quickly before the pen, uh, nothing. You have no concerns about Nola after the the four innings against the Mets, right? Just a, just an outing that struggled, but, but not too much concern. No, I, I'll say this, though. So there, there's it's it's kind of twofold. Um, just some things I'm uh, uh I'm just watching or whatever. But uh, so he threw the cutter a couple times, uh, up and into Dom Smith, who like took offense to it, which I thought was weird. Like relax, Dom. I mean, like it's it's a, it's a fastball up. He's not trying to hit you. He's just trying to make a pitch. Um, and he like stared down Nola. It's, relax, relax. But um, yeah, it was the cutter was interesting. And I could see why he throws it because it does get left-handed hitters from leaning out over the plate and looking for um, like a change up away that kind of like flick into left field. So it's interesting. But what I wonder about with the cutter is if I I wonder if it the way he holds it changes the way that he uh, throws his other pitches. Like when he's on top of his fastball and getting that good downward action, like that's when Nola's at his best. And he just wasn't getting that yesterday. He was up in the zone with it a lot, which I thought was weird. I didn't know if that was like a game plan thing. Um, and same thing, same thing with the changeup and curveball. Like he needs to be, he needs to get on top of those pitches. And the the cutter, he's on the side of. So I wonder if being on the side of that pitch is affecting his other pitches. Like, sure, the cutter was pretty decent yesterday. I thought I see why they added it to the mix, but I wonder if it's taking away from his other pitches. And also, um. He was like cutting himself off, which was weird. Like he he wasn't finishing how he usually was. He wasn't finishing at the plate. He was kind of finishing to the right side of the plate, and he wasn't fully following through with his leg. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a weird Nola start, and I I it's something that I'm not worried about because he's Aaron Nola, and he always has one of those, and he's like a feel pitcher, and if he's not feeling it, like he's not going to be at his best. And the fact that he you know got through five and only allowed a run, I felt like was a win given how he was going yesterday. But I do wonder if the cutter is affecting his other pitches. And um, I just wonder how long he can keep that going for. But overall, no, I'm not worried. Okay, me too. Um, but but that is interesting. That's interesting to hear. All right, uh, the bullpen. And then mm. we'll get to some bats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll get to the bad in a second. I no, we all there's know no who... bad. There's no bad. Actually, there's <laughs> okay. definitely bad. There's definitely there's, bad. There's one. I mean, to only have one bad, I mean, that's. That's pretty good. I mean, again, I think it can't be understated. And I had forgotten. I think it was, I can't remember when I looked at it. It might have been Glenn Mack now tweeting it out on open day or whatever. But like, I'd forgotten. Like, obviously, we all know how bad the bullpen was. But when you see the names, I had just forgotten the names on the opening day roster with, huh. you know, <laughs> like Daly's Guerra. Who just got, he, he just got called up by the, uh, by the A's, by the way. Yeah. Wow. Uh, A's. Yikes. Uh, I think a Cole Urban and Daly. Yeah. Yikes. Yep. Whoops. I like the A's over before the season. My bad. Wrong on that one. Um, uh, I mean, but like Cole Irvin and like it's just like a who's who of guys you never want to see come into your a game for your team. Like, really? I mean, first of all, I would like to apologize more than anything for ever giving any guff. Any, you know, sort of like, um, I don't know, like crap your way when you said Connor Brogdon was an ex Ryan Madsen, like he's better. He's better than Ryan. Wow. He's the best pitcher we've ever seen here. I, I know, I'm joking. But like, dude, Connor Brogdon is, is, is so nasty. Like, 
I might, I might want Connor Brogdon in the game in a high leverage spot more than anyone else on this team. Jack. Well, I think we're trending towards him. I could see him closing games. I mean, I could see him at some point closing games for this team. So, um, yeah, he well, he's on pace for what eighty-one wins. He's on pace <laughs> three and zero. <laughs> yeah, I think he has uh, three what, and zero. Was it Johnny Heller that tweeted he has like more wins than nine teams in baseball? Listen, some are some are saying some are saying he's not he's not the next Ryan Madsen. He's the next oh, the next oh do it the the next Jim Constanti. Yes, MVP. MVP. Put him on the wall of fame. Oh, uh, can't you see it now, James? Forty-five thousand people in September chanting MVP as Connor Brogdon <laughs> comes jogging out of the bullpen. Can you imagine? Like I know that that's a thing that happened. Can you imagine? Can you imagine living in a world where a reliever is an MVP? It's it's the wildest bleeping thing you could possibly think of. I mean, think about how excited your dogs are in the background. They're going nuts. They're right going now. nuts for Connor Brogdon. Yes. And I'm sure I'm sure Emily watching Zoe right now is super psyched with whatever is happening outside that. Door. Yeah, sure yeah, it's great. Well, it's awesome. I can't I can't make out what they're totally barking, but it sounds like MVP. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was. You yeah, it. dude, it's a good ear. Brogdon is just nasty, man. And I it's, love him. I love him so much. It's I'm so all in on him. It's 97 with cut yesterday to get through it. Um, yeah, he walked some guys, but listen, that's the second inning. Um, not a big deal. Like he's, he's just got it, and he's so calm. There's like he, I, I don't know what excites Connor Brogdon, but it seems like it's not much. This seems very low key at all times, which I like out of relievers that they don't get love out of. You know me, I'm a big heartbeat guy. You know oh, dude, head. listen, no one loves humans more than you, apparently. <laughs> look, look, sometimes <laughs> in the biggest of moments, guys' hearts beat a little slower and they're a little more calm, cool, and collected, and thus they become Derek Jeter. All right. Mm, that's a bad comp. Anyway, <laughs> why do you think I did? This, I know. Right? Now, I, now, James, I'm turning that around. I'm turning that back around in you because I have a very important question for you, and it might be the most important question I've, I've ever asked you. And oh, I, wow. I know, and that's saying a lot. And I, and I myself have no answer because it it physically doesn't pain me because it's a good thing, but thinking about it makes my brain hurt. Are you ready for it? So ready. Who do you trust more in a big spot, Alec Bohm or Connor Brockton? <laughs> Seriously, you, you don't have an answer because I, I don't have an no, answer. I, I have no idea, honestly. Like, I, um, so mm. okay. <laughs> Here's my answer. I have an answer. Okay, but it's not an answer based on what you think. I would say Brogdon because hitters get hits a less percentage of the time. So I'm strictly going math. I'm going that hitters succeed 30% of the time. Pitchers succeed like 80% of the time. I'm going with Brogdon. Wow. I know. Shots, the at, shots at Alec Bohm. No, I, can't, I can't pick either. They're both perfect. You do realize that Alec Bohm had 452 with Ronald's scoring position as a rookie, oh, right? Oh, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we... he's, got the, he's got the only game-winning hit of the season that we've got already. I know. Come on. I, I too, will say Brogdon only because Bohm— Oh, I guess Segura. Hit... My fault. I forgot about Segura. Right, right. Um, only because Bohm grounded into, like, one too many— uh, you know, ground ball outs this week. But I, then he hits one 436 feet to freaking left center. And it's I know. Just like a, I, I mean, come on. I know. It's like, 
And I'm sorry. It's so tantalizing. I'm sorry. This is gonna. This might take away from your nose a little, a little bit later. But like, Bohm's ability to adjust. Oh, hold on, real quick. Just so you, just so the people know in the notes, I have it in my notes under Big Hit Bohm. Okay. So it's right online. Okay. So, real quick, it is it is shocking how fast he can adjust. Like, uh, I think it was yeah, it was Tuesday night. Tuesday night against the Mets. Um, he his first two at bats. Two weekly hit ground balls to, to to third base, and I texted someone and I said, uh, "Hey, can you tell can, can you tell can you tell Bomer to, to maybe drive a ball?" Oh, look at you! You texted someone who could tell him <laughs> wow. tell tell Bomer to drive a ball every once in a while. Um, clearly being facetious, I love Alec Bomer, just having fun, relax. But also. I was being kind of serious because it was like four straight bats with a weekly ground ball, weekly hit ground Let's ball to third base. Just get it out there. Jack's texting Bryce Harper during the games. It's not a big deal. Yes. Keep going. Say, hey, Bryce. <laughs> figure it out with Bomer. Anyway, um, anyway, and then like the third or fourth at bat of the game just drives a ball through the, the, the first and second base uh, gap there. And it was like, oh, okay. He figured it out. And then boom, the next day against the Mets goes tank shot, like 430 to center field. It's like this guy is this guy is a hitting freak. He makes adjustments so fast. And it's it's it reminds me a lot of a quote by Jay Wright talking about Joel Embiid when he said, This guy's not learning game to game. He's learning minute to minute how to play like play basketball and get better. And that's how I feel about Alec Bohm hitting. Like Remember last year, it, we'd be like, there'd be five straight at bats, and and Bohm would look bad, and I think we'd be like texting or whatever, and be like, oh, okay, here comes the rookie Bohm, like he's gonna start slumping here and all of that, and then boom, it was just a gun. He just figured it out, and he was back yep. to being Alec Bohm. The way that guy adjusts as quickly as he does is is just insane, and, and it's like it's like <laughs> I don't want to say he's slump proof, but he might be slump proof. Well, and and we've talked about it, and it's whatever. Like it's not just us; it's everybody. Every guest we've had on the station, whoever talks about Boom, talking about adjust, even Girardi talked about him adjusting pitch to pitch instead of at bat to at bat. And I, look, we if I'll, I'll actually say the name of the person I was talking to today, but we had Carl Ravitch on the show today, and this is a national baseball guy, right? And granted, Ravitch, you know, talks a lot yeah, of baseball. Yeah, he's he's, he's he's plugged in. He knows what he's talking about, but he literally bought up brought up Bohm unabated when talking about the Phillies lineup. The first person he brought up was Alec Bohm and talking about in a game today where everyone strikes out and there are all these issues with the the strikeouts and power and this and type of stuff. He's like, he's like to have a guy like that in your lineup who is going to put the bat on the ball every single time in a big spot, every single, like he's not going to strike out. Like when it matters, Alec Bohm's not going to strike out. He's like, that's huge. Like this kid's ceiling is so high. Talking about Bohm with the idea of like just what a hitter he is, what a pure hitter, and the idea of going up and saying, "I'm gonna, you know what? This pitch is is outside. I'm not gonna try and drive it out of the ballpark. I'm gonna smack it in the right field, and that's a little single, and that's gonna keep it going." And this guy's such a good hitter, and he hits the way. Like you know, we look, we love analytics, we love all that type of stuff. We're not anti that, but like if you've listened to this pod, you know, like. We have some issues with the way the game has, what the game has become with the three true outcomes and all that type. Alec Bohm is like our guy. Like he is exactly the type of hitter I want on my team. He's a guy who's just going to go out and take what's given to him and turn it into hits. He's going to bat 300. He's going to have a ton of big hits and a ton of big RBI. And I like, I'm so freaking excited. He's a Philly Jack. 
Uh, was there anything else uh, Carl Ravish said? Maybe about. <laughs> was there? Did he, did he mention okay. anything else? All right. So let me throw it out there. I gave you hmm? crap for this and you brought it up. And Carl Ravage talking about the Braves said, I really think they're going to miss Nick Markakis. Yeah. Listen. So, like, I, was, I texted you. I said, yep. you and Carl Ravage, baseball minds. I, I see Carl Ravage likes pure hitters that are tough strikeout guys. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. But yeah, I mean, listen, Boehm, I it's almost like the comps are like they're so unfair that they're fair. But like, again, he he reminds me of Freddie Freeman, JD Martinez, and Anthony Rendon. Like those are my guys. Yeah, it's unfair. And I love it. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. We're like saying, Oh, you're gonna be one of the ten best pure hitters in the sport. No big. Yeah. No pressure there, kid. No. All right. I want to get back to the offense in a sec. One more thing on the bullpen before we move on, because there's not look we, a lot we talked about before. I think we are all kind of the same thing, and and obviously I want to get to the the bad thing. One more g- good thing, and then I'll, we'll get to he who should not be named because I never want to see him pitch again. But quickly, because um, we didn't talk a lot about him when the trade happened, we haven't talked a lot about him. Period. But so far, so good. Sam Coonrod, real? Is this real? Uh yeah, I mean, his 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 uh, numbers last year were weird. I mean, like a ninety he over ninety array. Yeah, but it's it's so like nine two six or something. Uh, did he even did he even pitch ten innings? I don't know. It's I don't know. I didn't look deeply into them. I so just as a caveat, so everyone knows, I when I look at twenty twenty numbers, I throw them right out the window. Like I don't care at all what anyone did last year. So I saw it, I was like, ah, eh, whatever. It's twenty. I know, I but look at everything like that. All right. Well, you know what I you know what I do. Is when I see 2020 numbers, I just for some reason in my brain, I'm so used to looking at the season and thinking it's 162. So like, <laughs> you're like, what happened? Yeah, I know. 13 homers. I know, I know. So I, I, I have a lot of trouble separating uh, 2020 and and regular seasons. Um, yeah, Sam Coonrod, uh, like his stuff, his stuff is just nasty, and it, he was good in in 2019. Um, had, had good stuff. I still like, I feel like they pray, they still paid a pretty hefty price for him. You know, I still I do like Carson Ragsdale a lot. I think he's gonna be a good pitcher, but I understand like now that he's he's here, I understand why they made the trade. And it's actually interesting. Dombrowski was talking about the, the trade, and he said uh, that was actually a strict uh, analytics poll. Like it was the it was the analytics department that that yeah it was the analytics department that told him to go after him uh, to go after him in a trade. So I mean, could be a win for the the Phil's analytics department. So um, yeah, I think the stuff's legit. The one thing I didn't appreciate. Was that the? Uh, I think it was yesterday when he's jogging out for the eighth. The camera panned to him, and it was fifty-four slowly jogging out of the bullpen. And I was like, "Listen, that's that's Brad Lidge, okay? Like that's not. You know, I don't I don't need the fifty-four slow jog out of the bullpen because I've seen that a thousand times, and that belongs to Brad Lidge. It doesn't that belong to Sam Coonrod? Yeah, I've. It, it, there are a few things you could ever say that I could agree with more. It's honestly borderline outrageous. Yeah, if we're gonna be yeah, we're not we're like, not setting this up for him. Like, come on. Come on. No. Come on. No. I uh, couldn't agree with you more. But ni- right. but 98 98 with the the split that he can throw down is just it's just tough. It's Yeah, tough. and look, again, I know you've brought this up a million times and you've joked about it all spring training and we've made jokes about it, but the fact that every guy out of the bullpen throws 97 is just like what are we doing? Like how did this happen? How did we go so long? And screw you, Matt. That's what we'll say. How did we go so long without Guys who throw hard. Like, in today's baseball, it really is. If you want to – and there are so many things you can rip Matt Klintak for. But but 
his aversion to power arms in the late 20 teens and into 2020 is one of the dumbest, most bewildering general manager decisions, philosophies, whatever you want to call it, that I've ever seen, Jack. Yeah, I got two things on that. Um, one, I think it was Salisbury this morning had a stat that um, last year the Phillies had the least amount of pitches thrown over 96 miles per hour in Major League Baseball. And uh, this year they're top five. So it's, it's certainly, yeah, it's, it's, ni- it's nice to see. And second, it's like, you know the rebuild failed uh, when we're, <laughs> the guy who throws 93 to 94 is – we 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 tapped him Vinny Velo. I dude, I so someone tweeted at the show yet the other day and it was so funny where he's like, only in Philadelphia would someone's nickname be Velo and he throws ninety-three. I know. And I was like, what a what a great point. You're so we've got like not even just relievers, like we have a reliever on our team who throws one on one and one on two routinely. Jacob DeGrom goes out and throws a hundred for like seven innings. Yeah. <laughs> and we have, we have a reliever who hits ninety-three. We're yeah. like Velo. I know, I know. Well, didn't Degrom threw twenty four straight fastballs the other day, didn't he? Unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's he is like he's all famer. I hate the Mets. Whatever, everyone knows that. I love Jacob Degrom. Like he's one of the best pitchers. Like okay, right now, like pure talent, pure what you can do on the 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 mound. He's one of the best pitchers of our lifetime, Jack. And he has a chance if he continues and stays healthy to end up like being in that group where we talk about like. Who are the best pitchers you've ever seen? Oh, Pedro and Randy Johnson. And, you know, that list, like, he's good enough to make that list. Like, that's how good he is. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is, this, the run he's on is like 99 to 2001, Pedro. Yeah. yeah. He's going to win three Cy Youngs in a row. <laughs> I, not, really, it's, I really think it. And no one's going to even argue it. All right. Well, real yeah, quick. Why could you? Why would you? Real it's quick. Real quick. You had to pick right now. Who's who? Is he is he better than the Kershaw run? Like Kershaw won an MVP and had yeah. multiple years where he had an ERA under two. Yep. Uh but... I don't think it is yet. It's really close. Like you could put you could put DeGrom's like three year run up against any three years of Kershaw. He needs a few more years for it to be that run. Is that fair? It's fair. It's fair. It's close, but, though. Like, just the fact that we're talking about it. But it's absurdity. I will say, if I need one game, I'm choosing modern DeGrom over that Kershaw. Maybe. I Like, I I was tongue-tied there. Like, that's how hard this decision is. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. Like, that... Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I really do. I think Jacob DeGrom right now is is, again, like... Almost as good as any pitcher I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. Like he's not ninety nine Pedro, but he's like not that far off. It's crazy. I mean, did you see that stat the other day where it's like his last whatever starts it was? He's got a two oh seven ERA and he's like sixteen and and twenty one or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's hilarious. Waste. He's gonna he's gonna, gonna he's gonna he's gonna be a Hall of Famer without like more than seventy wins. Yeah, about yeah. like seventy wins. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, we just mentioned him quickly, 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 quickly. Vinny. Bad. Is that quick? Is that? <laughs> is... Why is he on this team, Jack? Like, why? We're paying him $4 million. I know. What a waste of money. And... Dombrowski has had a great offseason. Like, what a waste of Well, money. that wasn't Dombrowski's fault. I mean. No, he... I know, but they brought him back. Well, yeah, but, but Dombrowski wasn't here when they signed him. 
Oh, really? It was before Dombrowski when yeah, they brought yeah, him yeah. back? Yep. Yep. May I culpa? I'm sorry, Dave. I never should have questioned never you. Never doubted him. Never. Never, <laughs> never. never once. I've, I, I've always said great things. Yep. Anyone can go back and check the tape. That's right. He was not the yeah. only only executive we didn't want uh, to be the Phillies. But, uh, no. No. He was our... Like essentially our top choice, yeah. You know, up there, yeah. You know, so. Always, always, always thought, always wanted him over Neander. Um, but uh, but Who yeah, Neander, right? I mean, Tampa, who cares? Yeah, they got swept by the Red Sox this weekend. But um, yeah, no, v- three Red Sox team, no less. How about that, v- Vinny? It's just, it was it was just classic. I mean, it was just it was the most. It was the most Vinny outing you could possibly have. The one inning lights out, perfect strikes at the side, and then come out and just lose the game was the the most Vinny Vinny of all time. Yeah, yeah, and it's like he he's talking about how he doesn't like going out of the stretch. It's like, dude, you're a reliever. <laughs> you're a reliever, man. Like that's what you do. Like, there what... are a lot of relievers who don't ever go out of the windup. They just pitch from the stretch all the time. Like, what are we doing? Buddy? I know, I know, it's crazy. So, um, but here's the thing. It's like. Girardi clearly doesn't want to use him. I mean, he literally didn't have any other options on on Tuesday. I mean, Naris was down, Alvarado was down, Brogdon was down. Um, like he used Kinsler, but I didn't want to use him. Um, so yeah, he he had to use him. Um, but I just think that judging by the usage of of Vinny, I don't think Girardi is going to want to use him very often. So um, I don't know. It's you know they lost the baseball game. It is what it is. But yeah, it's not great from Vinny, and I just. Can't wait till he's not here anymore. Yeah, me too. And look, I, I'm with you. I think Girardi. It was the 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 game the the game script where he was like, all right, this is the type of game I'm going to use Vinny in, and and he tried it. I I will blame Girardi for not playing sooner. I want to talk about some of the weird Girardi decisions we've seen, and we'll get to that in a minute. But um, I think just more than anything, like with this whole Vinny thing, the scariest part is not that he's in the bullpen. Like, it's like, you know, like, like that adding showed, like it's, he's going to pitch once in the first six games, you know, it's like, so we'll pitch, you know, on a limited basis. My much, much, much bigger fear is looking at this roster and saying, Oh, he's a six starter. <laughs> you know, like if Matt Moore continues to stink, if, if anyone gets hurt, which, Hey, someone's going to get hurt somewhere. Like, like Vince is the guy that steps in. Like, that's what scares me, Jack. It's not like an inning here and inning there. It's that, that depth in 162 games, especially coming off that weird short year last year and shorter innings for everybody and then jumps and like, who knows how everyone's going to handle this? Like we could absolutely see a scenario where there are a lot of pitcher entries as this season goes on. And the idea that that Vinny is the guy who's next in line, like that's what scares me about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't want to see him start for this team. Um, ever, ever, I just, ever again. Never. I, I can't believe he's still here. I mean, I can't either. I can't either. It's like we talk about it's time. It's a new regime. It's ready to roll and stuff. It's like he's like the one like just dead weight from the former era that is just sitting there like weighing it down and being like, oh, it's still here. Oh, that guy still here. He's and I I until he's it's like Jason Peters until he's not here anymore. I'm just going to yeah. assume that he's yeah. going to be here. It's well said. Well said. All right. So. We're we're aligned on that. Yes. All right, let's talk some some offense. The bats finally woke up. Really nice to see. We'll get into some specifics, but um, just seeing the bats kind of wake up a little bit in that last game against the Mets. I know neither of us were concerned after five games of the bats not showing up. They were good at bats. They were grinding. They were making it difficult for a staff. But well, it was still nice to see yeah. some home runs and some runs, Jack. 
I mean, all this, all this just to catch and hopefully one day pass Andrew Knapp and the uh, leader in home runs on this baseball team. But yes, it was it was great seeing the the the, the bats come alive yesterday. Um, I mean, Reese is just Reese is off to an unbelievable start, and it, it's just it's good to see, you know, because um, he's been through a lot here, you know, and he he went really into the tank, uh, you know, at the end of 2019 into the beginning of the 2020 season. And, you know, people were, were pretty much writing him off and, uh, you know, calling him a lost cause and all that stuff. And, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's always been an inconsistent player. But what we're seeing right now is 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 just him hitting the way that he's supposed to hit. I mean, he's thinking right field. Uh, I mean, the home run is obviously to right field. And when he's thinking that way, you're seeing the, the balls pulled down the line, you know, with power and, and driving balls. And, you know, like – he hit the home run and it was great. But what Re- the the value that Reese brings is just that kind of at bat in the two hole, because what he did was he 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 worked DJ Peterson into like a nine pitch at bat and then hit a home run off him. Like that's great. I mean that's that's the stuff that we saw when he came on came off in 2017 was an elite eye, fell a uh, thousand balls off and all that stuff. And now he's doing it in the two hole where you know he can ha- he still has the ability to drive balls, but. It's really just tiring the pitcher out and and letting him, you know, kind of be tired going up against the 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 Bryce Harpers of the world, the Alec Baum, the JT Realmuto, and really getting to that meat of that lineup. But Hoskins is putting these guys through through a ton of work to get there. He saw sixty four pitches in the in the Braves series. That's insane. I mean, that's 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 literally that's absurd. Yeah, you told me that. So Jack came in, whatever it was, uh, I guess the Braves series over the weekend, like Monday. Uh, Zoe yelling outside the door. Just fired up about the Phils. Yeah, she's so excited. She's so excited. I think she wanted to come in and hang out, mm-hmm. and Emily said no, and I, it didn't go well. Right. Um, you told me that on Monday. I can't remember what it was. I think like a caller was ripping Reese or something, and of course Jack, in classic Jack fashion, took something that, you know, Joe in South Philly said way too personally, and Kimmy's like, do they even know that he saw 64 pitches? Over this weekend series, and I was like, "Wait, really? He really saw? That's a lot of pitches over the weekend." It's because I, I, I don't, I, I don't get why Reese is now like the, the, the guy that everyone targets their ire towards. Dude, he's so back. Like people should be all in. And to your point before, and and just talking about what he can be, like I would argue, look, you need Harper to be Harper, you need JT to be JT, all these things. You need Bohm to be what we think he is and stuff. But like, I feel like Hoskins was that X factor guy in this lineup. Where if it's the Rees we knew before, before the the cold streak, and and it felt like last year was getting back there, you know, but like before that disastrous thing where we questioned him as a player and wondered if he was ever going to be anything because he was so awful for that streak and all that. Like, like if Rees can get back, which right now, to your point, hitting the ball to all parts of the field, he looks confident, he looks comfortable, he's been the best hitter on the team flat out so far this season. Like, if he can get back to being that guy, it's like, that's the kind of thing that takes us from a, a good lineup to a great lineup. Like, that's the kind of difference maker he can be in this lineup if he's locked in and on. I agree. I agree. Is he ever going to be the, you know, 40 homer, you know, big offensive seasons? I don't know. But he's a he's a very valuable offensive piece. 
And even when he was even when he was struggling, he was working good at bats. And even though yeah, the, he was like a four hundred base guy on base guy even when he was struggling. I know, it was unbelievable. I know. So it's good to see, and I'm just happy for him. You know, the him losing Me ro- too. him losing rookie before the season like must have sucked. I mean, like given all the accounts about that dog, I mean, it was he seemed like a a, a great dog. Yeah, like, and also it was like wait, like look, yeah, he was like f- I, three. Yeah, I'm a dog owner. I yeah. have two dogs. Everyone knows Millie and Ruben. Millie's 13 and Ruben is 10. And whenever they go, it is going to be the hardest thing. It's going to be so hard to deal with that. Yeah. Like three years old, like at least, at least whenever my guys go, like I'll be like, you know what? They had an awesome life. Like Millie's 13. Like most dogs don't get to 13. You know what I mean? Like, and whatever else she's got, like I'll feel great. It, it will, I will be gut wrenching and sad and all that. But like, I a, a large part of me will be like, you know what? She got such an awesome life. She lived so long. Like like losing rookie like that, like that's that's soul crushing. Yeah. Like that's soul crushing. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just happy for the guy. And uh and, and, and the nice part is is that it seems like for him at least, like all the all the hard work that he put in with Joe Dillon and and working on getting back to being Reese Hoskins, the fact that it's paying off is is gonna be huge dividends um as the season wears on. All right, I want to get to Girardi in a sec, but I want to fire a couple more batting stuff with you. We already mentioned the the, the center field thing, but just to, to quickly circle back to it, I mean, can you keep Roman Quinn on this roster, Jack? Like, that's how bad I think Roman... Roman Quinn is as helpless as I have felt with a non-pitcher hitting in a big spot as I can ever remember i'm you know, so sure that he is not going to come through you know what it is it's it's michael martinez all over again <laughs> i mean michael martinez was off so you're saying he's gonna make the last out in game seven of world series someday he could honestly i wish roman bunted every time i wish me he too. bunted me every too time. every single bat every, literally every single at bat i'm so with you yeah i don't i don't yeah he he is He's just an automatic out, and it's so unfortunate because because he should be figuring out how to use his speed because he could be a legitimate weapon. But you can't be a weapon if you don't put the ball in play, and I don't get how he doesn't understand that. Like you have to put the ball in play, you have to use your speed. It's a, yeah, it, well, it's like the major league thing. Like it's like people have made the joke and stuff, but like it's actually real. It's the Willie Mays Hayes thing. It's when Lou Brown made him do push-ups every time he hit the ball in the air. It's like, that's what it is. Like, they should, like, force Roman Quinn to hit the ball on the ground every single time, like, just so he learns it. So it's a learned whatever. Like, it's crazy, Jack. It is. It is. Um, and I don't I don't know. I don't know what else they're going to do. You know, I'm fearful that as they keep struggling, they're going to keep having the itch to possibly bring up 37. And I just, I don't want that to happen. I don't want that to happen. So, um, Especially because he's not good. I know. He's like as mediocre and inconsistent. People forget. Yes. All the people, and look, there is a segment. We are on one side. There is a segment of Phillies fans. We're like, just bring him up. He's the best player. He's so much better. I don't care what he did. Like, this baseball, I want to win. Whatever. There are those guys out there, those fans out there. But, like, what those fans seem to forget is how much this guy drove us crazy. Like, how infuriating he was to watch as a baseball player. How many dumb things this guy did. Like, 
we seem to have this because what we have is so bad. They look at this with rose-colored glasses of, oh, how great. He's an all-star. He's so good. It's like, no, honestly, since that all-star season, he sucked. And you know when he really sucked? The last two seasons he played. So, you know, just say it. It is crazy the way that, like, people have just forgotten about how frustrating he <laughs> it's was. Gone. It's yeah, gone. It's gone. Like, like, oh, the All-Stars, yeah. the good hitters. He betted 230 before he, you know, before the season was over in 2019. I know. I know. 255 the year before that. Like, what are we doing here? With with a 1,000 boneheaded plays, both offensively and defensively. And that's why we have started the hashtag, why not Nick? But please, though, seriously, like, it's this is not a joke. Like, why not Mick? Like, I'm sorry, Adam Hazley, I want him to be good. I'm all for it. He hasn't shown it yet. It is what it is. Roman Quinn is unplayable. Like, if nothing else, make it. I know he's not a, you don't have a true platoon. It sucks that both Mickey, but so's Oduble. He's a, he's a lefty too. They're all lefties. It's unbelievable. Like, we can't get a right-handed bat in here somewhere. <laughs> it's wild. I know. But, you know, that's the problem. I think if Mick were right-handed, he'd be up already. I really do, because then you got a natural platoon there. But he's not. So it's it's frustrating. Well, there's Scotty. <laughs> how funny is it that we talk about that and we, like, I don't even mention him. Like, that's that's how far Scott Kingery is, has jettisoned himself out of my consciousness. It's yeah. You're well, right, though. Yeah, you're right. Uh, any, uh, how's he been doing in the alternate side? Uh, I've seen that he's hit a couple doubles. I mean, <laughs> don't, let, don't let him get hot. Don't let, don't let him get hot. Look, he's working with Ochart, so at least if nothing else, like I don't feel like it's a lost cause. No. You know, like I feel like there's at least something there. All back. right, moving on. Go ahead, what are you saying? I said he'll be back. Yes, I believe that. <laughs> well, and like, right. and uh, real quick, on Roman Quinn, real quick, like, like the fact that he's like the best, and we saw it in the the Mets game on Tuesday. Um, but like the the they have no other right-handed options off the bench outside of like him him or Torres. So you have to play Roman Quinn in that situation. I know. Like, it would just be nice if they had any— I mean, that is any... pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. Your two right-handed bats off the bench are Roman Quinn and Ronald Torres. Yes. I mean, that's— Is that in bad? A, in a... <laughs> yeah. Is that bad? Not good. Not good, Jack. Not good. Um, all right. Uh, I have one last thing offensively, and then— I'll... Oh, wait, two last things. One for okay. offensively— um, look, I know it worked out and it was a beautifully executed thing and he's a baseball guy. He's going to do it. But like runner on second, no outs. Don't bump Bryce. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I know it worked out. I like it, but like enough with the Bryce bunting. Like, I think we've talked about this before, but it's like hit the ball, the ballpark. Bryce. I appreciate that. He takes opportunities to get on base. I'm not going to kill him for it. I'm not like actually upset about it, but like every time he squares around a bunt, I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Well, he does that when he can't see. Like when he when right. he when he can't pick up a picture, then that's when he does it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, that's actually interesting. Okay. Well that actually that makes me feel better about it. If that's the philosophy and he just doesn't feel like he's seeing it well and that's his best chance gonna be saying Mad Copa. All right, last that's why thing before we get to the take bag. Um Early in the season, I, I, you know, they're five and one. I'm certainly, and I, I think the the stuff we talked about with the culture and the the confidence and all that, like Girardi certainly has to get credit for that, or at least some credit for that. I think it's the guys too, but he's part of that. But from a in-game moves perspective, even though they're five and one, like he's made some weird moves, man. I mean, I think bringing out Nectar, uh, Hector, it Nectar is good. Wow. Uh, bringing out Nectar, we just stumbled upon a nickname. He's the Nectar of the Gods, Hector. Um, Nectar uh, in the in the eighth two game, like it just felt like there was no need to get him work there. 
not pinch hitting Andrew McCutcheon for Roman Quinn down six two with two runners on in the eighth inning was like, I mean, I was flummoxed. I was like, what are we doing here? Like, why? What is hat? Like, this is the highest leverage spot of the game. Like, what? It could be a two run game right now. Well, especially, that was especially crazy, when, especially when he used him in the ninth anyway. Crazy. Well, because yeah, I I think he didn't because he had the pitcher coming up next and he knew he was going to use McCutcheon that spot. But it's like Quinn is a pitcher. It's the same difference. Like you can't mess around with this. You have two runners on. Why would I want him leading off an inning when I could have him bit with, hit with runners on second and third? And then not pulling Vinny sooner. Like I'm sorry, he walked four guys. Like we all saw it. We're like, oh, he's cooked. This is bad. Like get him out of the game. And I think he let him in too long. At least one, probably two hitters too long. And I know we didn't have Kinsler warming up, but guess what? That's on you too, Joe. You need to be ready. I I am not. Again, don't want to rip. But I do think there have been some questionable decisions so far from Girardi. Well, I just thought, I thought the game on Tuesday was just brutal. Um, you know, it starts with the like it starts with benching Reese in the first place was dumb. I mean, dumb, dumb. McCutcheon, fine, totally fine. He coming off ACL, like all that. Still, he's thirty, whatever. Like, fine. Reese is here in the lineup. What are you doing? Right. So, uh, yeah. So, so just first off. Because then you can have Miller and left, which makes your lineup, you know, it's it's good. It's good to have Miller in the lineup. He's been hitting the ball pretty hard and all that. But especially, like, it keeps Matt Joyce uh, on the bench for late in games when you need a big hit. Um, you know, and, and you had to use Roman Quinn in that in that scenario. Uh, so, like, yeah, I, I thought Tuesday night was brutal. Vinny didn't have Kinsler warmed up, ready to go. Uh, didn't see didn't see uh, how that was going. Obviously, the cut decision. And then, yeah, you know. I understand pitchers need work. I get it. Like, but you're playing 30 games in 31 days. You know, do I really need Hector Neris pitching in a six-run game? <laughs> it's not the end of the world. I get it, but I don't know. It was just like we we were playing seven straight days um, after this one. I would like him to be fully rested uh, heading into that. So I think that was it. I really had. I mean, other than that, he's been pretty good. It helps <laughs> helps when your bullpen's been disgusting. Um, like everyone talks about his bullpen management and all that, and it's 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 been decent. But if you give him real talent, obviously it's going to be way better. And they've yeah. given yeah. Him- well, that was the thing when people are like, oh, he's a he's a genius with the bullpen. It's like, yeah, well, when you can bring in like Zach Britton and Chad Chapman. Green and you know like Conley and then Araldis, it's like, yeah, I I bet you I could manage that bullpen pretty good. Right. I'm just saying. Right. So yes, it's 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 refreshing that it. It is uh, giving him real talent. He's doing a good job with it. I thought Tuesday night was brutal. Um, I thought pitching Hector was dumb, but overall, he's been good. Yeah, look, they're five and one. And again, I do think on the flip side, forgetting the in-game stuff, I do think he deserves credit for the the attitude and the the like the like what this team is believing in, like the way these guys are. And I, again, I think the players do too. They've clearly heard it. Bryce brought it up, you know, almost out of nowhere. Reason brought it up all this stuff i think the players feel too but like i definitely think you have to give girardi credit for fostering a a group of guys who have that kind of um you know chip on their shoulder i I think he deserves some credit for that too yes i agree i agree because that's that's what what managers do in game doesn't ultimately matter but setting the culture and setting the the clubhouse tone is definitely something that girardi does all right what you got in the take bag uh, so I want to talk about Zach Wheeler because I have an answer on why his fastball looks disgusting. Ooh. Yes, yes. Some some super nerdy, like only oh, I would expect nothing else here. 
So you ready for this? All right. So, uh, so I was looking up on, on his baseball savant. So his fastball base, his four seam fastball last year, uh, last year was 15 inches of vertical drop on his fastball. This year it's 11 inches of vertical drop. Um, and it's uh, 5.8 inches of, of break horizontally and 10.2 inches of break horizontally this year. Um, so basically, how was explained to me by someone who uh, would know such a thing? Because I like I know pitching, I guess, I guess decently well. Like, but I'm not I, like that stuff. I, I was just like, what? What does that even mean? So basically, what's going on? is that he's added a little bit of rise to his fastball. So instead of it falling 15 inches on its way to the plate, it's only falling 11 inches, uh, which means that it's staying up longer and all that stuff. And then in in horizontal movement, uh, it's added a little bit of arm side movement, but it's misclass, whatever. Like, I don't know. Here's the bottom line. And I don't know how to fully say it analytically because I don't know. But basically, last year he was getting a little bit of cut action on it. This year they fixed the spin efficiency, and it is a a a four seamer that has a little bit of rise to it. It has tighter spin, which is good. You know, tighter spin is better. Um, but basically, yeah. So it has tighter spin, all that stuff. It doesn't have that cutting action to it. Seems like they fixed the the spin efficiency on it, which feels like a Caleb Cotham thing. So I was just about to say credit to Caleb. Yeah. So Let's all in all, all in all, there is some stuff going on with this fastball. It is good. It is a more powerful fastball. It is a quicker fastball. I'm excited uh, to see how it uh, translates and keeps going here against the Braves, especially this weekend. Um, but yeah, so that's what's going on with this fastball. Love it. Yeah. Love it. What else you got? Um, I hated how many Mets fans were at Citizens Bank Park this week. Oh, it, I, it it crushes my soul. Like every time, it's like hearing them cheer, and it's like it's like get out of our stadium, get out. Yep, yep, yep. It also, was... also, 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 also. There is a rule now for all Phillies pitchers: you are not allowed to walk Brandon Nimmo. Yes. I'd rather you give up a home run to Brandon Nimmo than walk that guy. I hate him. I hate him so much. I I want to never see him sprint to first base on a walk again. For the rest of my life. That's all I ask. Dude, he is the worst. He is he's not that good. And it's just such a try hard move to run down to first base after you walk. Like this is not little league. This is the big leagues. Act like you've been there before. I mean, between him, McNeil, and Alonzo, like they are all losers. They are all losers and they're all dorks. And I, I can't stand them. Pete Alonzo is such a loser. Brandon Immo is such a loser. And McNeil rakes, but like he he and also McNeil's like, you know, scratch golfer. Like he seems like he's like all right. Yeah, it's just you know, like Conforto, I can live with. Like he seems like a pretty cool guy. I will yeah. not. I will minus, not. Minus minus what happened today. Yeah, today was egregious. I mean, just embarrassing. But and it really, honestly, it's not his fault. Like good for him for trying. No, to he's do just it. trying to. It's he's, he's trying to win a ball game. Umpire's fault. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So. Um. Yeah, dude. I can't. I, yeah, Nimmo's the worst. Though. I think it's pretty. And I, I, Alonzo sucks too. With you, Nimmo's the worst. <sighs> Alonzo just gives off big dork vibes. He's just he a dork. Um, he's also very good. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Uh, and I think the last thing I just had written down, uh, because we pretty much covered everything else, is man, Luis Rojas is bad. 
Like just a just a bad manager. I mean, shockingly bad. Like actually, I would is the phrase I would use. Shockingly bad. Like no feel at all. Pulled him out for seventy-seven pitches. Uh, he brings in Aaron Loop with Bryce Harper with one out. Unbelievable. So that no matter what happens, probably uh, he's going to have to face JT Realmuto, who and boom and boom and boom. That was the dumb. It's like not just that. It's like you got two righties coming up left next pal. Like, and like Bryce, at least the last couple of years, has been solid against lefties. It's not like bringing in a lefty against him is like this like crushing thing where he's like not going to be able to get a hit. It was it was such a poor decision. It was nice though. It was nice though to see that uh, the Rays did not totally fix Aaron Loop. Like he's still the Aaron Loop that I remember. Well, he's not there anymore. So. I can't know. blame them. I know. You can't blame them. He was good with them. I know, but it's just like. But yeah, I'm with you. Like, I'm with you. He, you looked a lot like the Aaron Loop that that was a Philadelphia. Yeah, Philly. no exactly, question. exactly. But yeah, Rowas is uh, is not it. Not he's it. not good. I, I'm very with you. I was actually like, and I, I try not to to overreact to manager decisions as we talked about Girardi this early in the season, and certainly um, this short into a view of a guy. But I was wholly unimpressed with there were multiple decisions he made where i was like this makes no sense like this is flat out the wrong decision here yeah but we're on to atlanta james we are on to atlanta we got wheeler morton part two we got eflin anderson part Mm. two let's just hope they go the same as they did the first time and then we get matt moore versus drew smiley two lefties no one wanted here uh yes, but Drew Smiley's like actually kind of decent now yeah drew smiley's good gabe kapler was right about cliff lee 2.0 <laughs> oh man! I still wouldn't have given him thirteen million dollars, Jack. I'll tell you that much. Yes, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I actually, I'm excited. Like, obviously, we have to record a podcast after, but I like when the Phils are on Sunday night baseball. It makes it feel big. Although, I'm- yeah, I I do too. Again, until I'm up till one in the morning, and then I'm like, man, that sucks. Yeah, I'll probably Monday morning. I'll probably listen on the radio because I can't stand listening to a Rod. He's so bad. So 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 bad. So bad. A yeah. Rod is terrible in the booth. Yeah, he's like gotten actually like like to the point where you're right. It's hard to lay. Like, oh, so annoying. He used to, I, I he used to be actively when he when he was a studio I analyst. I thought he was good when he started. I thought he was very good when he started. When he was a studio analyst, I liked him a lot. Like I thought he was. Yeah. I thought he brought interesting insights. But it's just like he does nothing now. Yeah, I'm with you. What else? Anything else in the take back? I got nothing else. We're on to Atlanta. On to Atlanta. Any final thoughts? Um, my final thought is that they're going on the road. I'm nervous about them going on the road, but I think we have a special baseball team, and this is going to be this is going to be big 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 show me series these next two. I mean, you go Braves at Mets. It's it's show me time. What are we looking for this weekend? Two or three. Two or three. Always exactly right. Two or three. Um, my final thought, bleep you, New York Mets, for that win you got. If this division somehow comes down to one game and it's because you beat the Marlins on the most BS call of all. The umpire was calling it a strike. He was calling it a strike. Like, what are we doing here? I, I, I am so livid about the Mets getting a BS win that they don't deserve. It drives me crazy. But more importantly, before we get out of here, just know that Sunday night, when we come back after that Brave series, and we're talking to you Sunday night because that's what we do, Jim Nance will have finished calling 
another Masters. And I am hoping, <laughs> I am hoping that he is calling a nice Jordan Spieth championship. I need, jo- I need. Not Jordan a great Spieth. day for Jordan today. Did he? Did he? Did he play bad? I don't know. I saw that he had a triple bogey at one point. So he, <laughs> I know. He can't shake what happened in 2016. He just can't get I know. over it. I thought he was the next great golfer. I really did. Speaking of Jeff McNeil, right? Wasn't that the, wasn't he with yeah, like and, roommates or something, right? I yeah. think, I think him and Spieth grew up playing together. Yes. It was something like that. I knew there was a connection. Yes. So yes. Uh, Jim Nance will, will be calling it. And uh, one of these days we'll get over it. All right. One of these days. <laughs> Not anytime soon. He's Fritz himself. We'll talk to you later.